What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. There's no crying in baseball. Hey, everyone. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you with me. So that's from Penny Marshall's 1992 movie, A League of Their Own, and it was one of my favorites. Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Tom Hanks. It was a classic, a sports drama comedy, critically acclaimed, a box office success that told the fictionalized story of the real-life All-American Girls Professional Baseball League in 1943. It's also a favorite and very influential to Abby Jacobson and Will Graham, the co-creators of the new Amazon Prime series, A League of Their Own, premiering on August 12th. I was so pleased to get to speak to both the creators and the stars of the show that include Abby Jacobson of Broad City fame, Darcy Carden, and so many more. The creators say that while they wanted to keep the spirit of Penny Marshall's film, the series widens the lens to tell stories that were left untold of a generation of women who dreamed of playing professional baseball. There's another one on Tuesday. Tuesday's too late, sir! Do not approach the train. let it happen! Ticket, please. About that. Hey, you! You're clearly going to tryouts. She doesn't look like that much competition. I could be competition, I think. We're here for the tryouts. I don't think you understand. This is the All-American League. We're pretty All-American. Who was that? Show that knuckleball. They didn't even let me try out, Dad. Maxine, you've got to make some smarter choices. This is fine. This is something I can work with. Teachers, I'd like to go through a few rules. Curfew is at 10 p.m. sharp. No smoking or drinking. No pants. What? First up, here is co-creator and star Abby Jacobson, who plays Carson, and Shantae Adams, who plays Max. Penny Marshall's film was quite revolutionary. I mean, it was a huge sports movie about women, but many stories were left untold, and you wanted to widen that lens. How so? Yeah, exactly. It was something, it was a film I was so obsessed with as a kid, so inspiring to me in all sorts of ways. But it was also, it, it is still this iconic queer film, but like there's no one that's out. Like it, it's not, it's just like a, a vibe kind of, it's kind of alluded to. And there's a lot of nods in that film. You know, it's made in 1992 and there's nods to things. And we do not, did not want to do any no, more nodding. We wanted to really lean into all the things that, that was were alluded to in the film. So that is the queerness. That is the fact that the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League did not allow Black women to try out. And so when we were expanding that lens, like those are the most fascinating stories to us. And the film will always be right here talking about the other stories, but we really wanted to focus on the ones that weren't able to be told or really leaned into. 
And Ms. Adams, how did Max widen that lens? Yeah, Max represents a whole generation of Black women during that era that were playing sports, no matter what the sport was. But Max's character, it, the character, Max, not Max's character, my character, Max, <laughs> is inspired by three real women, Tony Stone, Mamie Johnson, and Connie Morgan, and they played in the Negro Leagues. And so, you know, it wasn't just the All-American League that women were playing baseball in during this era. And so we also just wanted to tell that story of where were all the other women and what happened after they tried to try out for the All-American League? Where did they go? Like, did they quit? Did they keep going? And so we get to follow that story with Max and find out. There's an incredible amount of research you did. You had consultants, you had historians, and you took looked at the code of conduct for these women. What surprised you most about what these women were put through, Abby, in order to follow their dreams? It's interesting. Like, I guess I could say I'm like surprised, but it's also just like everything kind of now where you're like, no. And then you're like, yeah, of course it's like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think when it comes to the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, such a mouthful, sorry. You know, a lot was showcased in the film, the, the way in which they had to be, had to present and I think we really tried to, to, to show a little bit more of those rules and guidelines and, you know, they're operating so much from the male gaze and in how they wanted them to present so feminine on the field. And I think we really also wanted to, to lean into Max's character and the way in which she feels like she has to present for society, but also for like the big pillars in her life. And just like the way I think like now th there are those limitations I know in, in a lot of parts of the world, but that is something I think that we're more able to freely, mm -hmm. freely express ourselves. But that was a big part of, of a lot of the characters' journeys. It was so interesting because when I was doing research, I mean, you have the women from the 40s, you have um, the 90s, Gina Davis, when she was doing interviews, it was like all these patronizing questions about feminism and things like that. And now we're in an era with all this legislation and row and what do you hope that this story will bring? I just, I wanted to continue to inspire women to go after their dreams and to understand that going after your dream isn't always, especially from Max's point of view, is not always going to be easy. And it, you might not always get it on that first shot, but to continue to keep going because, you know, eventually you'll find your version of Hashtag finding your team. And now co-creator Will Graham and executive producer Desta Tedros Ref. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, well, thanks thank so you. much. Thank We're you for excited to talk to you. Yeah. So Desta, I read such a great thing recently that you said about your show. And I quote, I think so much of the show is about finding your team and your team is not just on the field. How do you depict that on the show? So much of it is finding your team, like I said, it, that's on the field and off the field, which is which is sort of like we have the peaches, right? And we're seeing them as players on sort of with what they have to do to sort of be on the field and being a team and 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 the other parts of and pieces of themselves that they're bringing into the play and into Rockford and into um, just sort of growing as a team. Part of the point of the show is like your team isn't just who's on the field with you. It's yeah. also the people that get you there. Um, finding your people yeah yeah and um, that's something we want you know we hope people take away from it too so Will you've talked about your love for Penny Marshall's film and that stems from your own experiences playing Little League as a queer yeah. kid now what was that experience like 
Um, honestly, it was very yes. hard. I uh, was terrible, um, probably because I didn't think that I should be there. Uh, I felt like there was something broken um, in me, but I didn't know a name for it. Um, and I felt like I was undercover as a boy. And so like a team of boys was like the most frightening thing in the world. Um, there was one year, my team was um, called the Chesapeake Bagel Bakery Bagels. What? So I was a bagel. I've never heard this <laughs> before. And there was one year where uh, they created a position. I was the second right fielder. So so that I, I guess I wouldn't screw up the game. So I was just really far out. Okay. In the just everyone was little oh. dots but there's something about the movie that sort of said you know it's okay to feel like a mess it's okay to not feel like you belong you can still find a team and obviously that speaks to the universal themes of the film that we're also hoping people find in the show it's a show that is for everyone and that hopefully is opening up a new set of perspectives and and you know giving a way for people to see themselves in the story that haven't had that chance before what surprised you the most about what these women had to go through uh i think what surprised me the most was learning about um mamie johnson uh tony stone connie morgan the women who were the uh inspiration for max's story and there are hundreds others who um didn't get as far as the negro leagues like they did but who who um, wanted to play ball, ball and found a way to play. And and really with all of these characters, the amount of imagination and the sort of wild, restless imagination that it takes to want something and go for something that the world doesn't show you as a possibility on any level. To have your dream be something that really is new, out of whole cloth, I think is so incredible. And I think the imagination under these characters and their sort of wild restless spirits is something that yeah it surprised me and and it's something i've tried to like take into my own life too there was a lot of history that i thought i knew that i didn't it's just sort of like the deeper you went the more you uncovered and i think there was a, a surprise i don't want to say disappointment in myself but like as a black queer woman i'm like i should know more about these stories specifically the negro league specifically more about like the the people we've highlighted um, Mamie Johnson, Tony Stone, Connie Morgan. Um, and I think I was surprised by that. And there was also kind of also a weird lack of surprise in the sense of like, even when you're talking about the code of conduct, what women have to go through to play. There's a timeliness to this story and a timelessness to it because these are sort of universal struggles that I think we are all continuing to sort of go through. 2022 has been a lot for women. Yeah, it's been <laughs> a lot. So for women, but it's so like it's, I think it's been 2022 has been a lot, but it's like if you re go for ahead. everyone. No, no, I was going to say, I mean, the parts of the story that sometimes are the most surprising, like they're like, oh, they, they made them play in dresses and put on makeup. We talked to a woman from the U.S. soccer team who was like, yeah, they made us Play, or encourage us to play makeup until 2013. Yeah. Like this, we're not far away from this story. And at the same time, the story's bigger than just the obstacles or, yeah. or the people who were saying no. I think we have to keep telling these stories to to understand how universal these these sort of journeys are. But I also think what is surprising, I think to me, I'm I'm used to again as a black queer woman telling these stories from a place of sort of like trauma and pain. And really, when we spoke to to players and to to people who lived in Black Rockford, 
there was a lens of celebration and joy that you can be sort of more than the obstacles in your way mm -hmm. that like we can still celebrate sort of um, finding your team and going after your dream and sort of finding love in a world that doesn't want you to sort of find it or have it. Um, and that was just really exciting and really transformative. Actor Kelly McCormick, who plays Jess, talks about how her character widens that lens that we heard the creators talk about. She's also joined by Priscilla Delgado, who plays Esti, and Roberta Colindres, who plays Lupe. Uh, I think my character is... is Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Perhaps more based off of the the real women who played the sports as opposed to the film. Um, I think as a, a lot of Canadian women played in the game and so I was representing Canada. Uh, but you know, I, I, yeah, exactly. I was, I was excited to play a character who didn't um, articulate themselves in the way in terms of their gender or their sexuality. It was just, they just were. And um, I think it represents um, in the forties when, when we, they didn't have the privilege of having the right words and the and the plethora of words that we have now for self-identification and uh, and uh, a lot of these women were queer and a lot of these women were living lives that were outside of the cultural norm and um, I think my character sort of clearly is that but maybe without having to say Priscilla I I could really not imagine how hard it would be for for them especially not only for women queer women um, Hispanic women. I just, I, I really think that I cannot deeply understand it. Um, thank God. But. Um... Talk to me a little bit about the training in the production. Roberta, what, what was the training like? And did you have real trainers to help you? Oh, yeah, we did. We had, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were out there hustling, sweating, doing laps. Yeah, we did. We did it all. Um, yeah, I think we all kind of went in thinking that it was going to be like another show where actors play things that they don't actually have to do. And then we actually had to play <laughs> baseball and it was just like, oh, oh, you know, which is exciting, I think, for each of us. Even some of us are are more athletic naturally and have a, you know, are, have a history of, of playing sports growing up. And some of us don't. And, and, and everybody, I think, was equally excited to do it. And they really did. We had incredible trainers and and uh, baseball players that were training us and were working with us and were playing with us. And everybody was like so supportive and, and so excited. And like, they treated us like actual baseball players, which makes a huge difference because, you know, you know, a lot of times, you know, actors get treated like that we're just like silly, you know, annoying <laughs> people. And, and these people treated us like baseball players. And it yeah. felt really, it felt like what it must've felt like to play baseball in this league in 1943, where it was just like people were, you know, expecting like, oh, women can't do that. And then they were, they were actually were, and more and more people accepted them as actual athletes. So what was the most difficult thing about the sport? I mean, to learn when you're not a baseball player. I mean, also like the rules, the, the whole, the rules of the game, like, yeah. um, and I, yeah, a lot of it. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really tiring sport. You think it's only just like batting and then running every like 45 minutes or something, but it's, it's actually a lot of work. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
and for me personally as a pitcher like I had to completely train myself to throw a baseball you know and not just like skip a rock so it, it was it was it was a lot of work but it was really fun and mm. it was cool it was really cool so Kelly, Will Graham was talking about this lifelong love that he had for the original for Penny Marshall's film. Did you have a relationship to the film? And if so, what was it? Yeah, the 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 film was like synonymous with our upbringing, basically. Just it was in that kind of canon of very shiny, magical 90s films that had this real like feel good yeah. nature to them. As like a someone whose sports was so important to me growing up um, and women and and just like, you know, finding that camaraderie. I, uh, how could you not love a movie about one movie of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of movies about women playing a sport? Yeah. Um, and what I loved about it, and what I st- and what I still find surprising is like a lot of men regard this film as like their favorite film of all time, um, which I think says something to the reality of sports, which is just sports aren't for men or for women. It's just there's something about a team and sports and the the story of an underdog that really captures people in that people's imagination. And now former Good Place star Darcy Carden and Melanie Field talk about their characters Joe and Greta, found family and the connection between them. They also talk about the incredible Maybelle Blair, a historic athlete who played for the league, came out at age 95 and has served as a consultant on the show. I mean, it's so special. She's like so excited to have this, these new family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they're, all these women come from very specific places all over the U S and Canada, Cuba, and they're like put together in this environment that they would otherwise not come in contact with each other. So I think of it as like when you're in a new group of people and you're like, Oh, these are my people. Yeah. You know, like we love the same stuff. We're good at the same stuff. We have these differences, but we're learning from each other. Like that to me is like, family you know that's like chosen family team and that's definitely happening in the series it's definitely happening for Greta and Joe individually and as a unit um just like their experience their life experiences being like blown open in a a really neat way I feel like especially in that um that scene that you and I have at the table where we're smoking yeah you kind of say that you're kind of like let's embrace this moment yeah yeah as long as it lasts yeah So Melanie, you had incredible access to research and consultants, the code of conduct that these players, what surprised you the most? Something that we talked about a lot, especially for the queer characters was the dress code. Yeah. Um, And I talked about it a lot with costuming as well. Like, you know, we'd have a a costume fitting and they'd put Joe in like a shirt and a skirt. And I'm like, Joe doesn't wear this. And she's like, well, exactly. Right. They weren't allowed to wear pants. If they wore pants, they got fined. And and it started to get to a point where I felt when I was wearing the skirt, like I was in drag. Like I, I was like, feel you feel like, that. what is this? Yeah. And even the way that, that Joe, that I, as Joe ended up walking in the skirt and like feeling in the skirt, it, it really started to feel like so oppressive. <laughs> and like when we got to wear the pants and go to the gay bar, it's like, Oh, like it just yeah. felt so good. But yeah. They were like almost treated like children in a way like yeah. that. They didn't, you know, it, it, <laughs> the, chaperone and the rules and the you know it was like these were women these were like adult Grown, women yeah. well, and some of them young right yeah we're so young yeah <laughs> um who is maybelle blair who is maybelle blair maybelle yes. blair is the legend yeah, the icon <laughs> a shining light the best hype man truly a gift to us all we've known maybelle now for like since about 2019 mm-hmm. And she's been a part of this show longer than we have. And she's really, um, 
she has been, she's been like a joy to know, but also she's been so helpful Amazing and resource. Yeah. like you, it's hard. She's, she's, um, she's one in a million. Yeah. She's, re- we're so lucky. She came, she would come to the set and, and, you know, she's been with us sort of like doing some press and just getting to like, getting to know her and love her and, 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 and hear about it from yeah, her. Like it's direct from her. It's it, been like, how do we get so lucky? Yeah. A gift. A gift. A gift. There it is. Yeah. Exactly. And finally, the great Saida Arike Gulona, who plays Max's mother, Tony, and Molly Ephraim, who plays Maybell, modeled after the before mentioned Maybell Blair. Tony represents, you know, the African American community that was thriving at the time. You know, the movie was a great start, but what we're doing is we're picking it up and we're running with it. We're expanding it and and showing the fuller real world. Molly, who is Maybelle Blair? Maybelle Blair? Haven't you seen her around town? The (laughs) five-year-old ball playing, recently coming out of the closet, absolute legend star with the hair and the nails and the glasses and the Louisville Sluggers a cane. Legend, absolutely amazing. My Maybelle is sort of loosely based on her. I'm not playing a lady killer, um, like the real Maybelle. Mm, she's uh, she's she's all sass though, all sass, all spunk. So I tried to bring some of that. The makeup and the short skirts, it's pretty absurd. <laughs> there, there aren't other sports that sort of do this to the players mm. to make them feel just so. Um, I don't know, demeaned. Mm. I mean, it was demeaning. Um, and I think Maybell had said something about, you know, sliding into home plate or something and her leg looking like ground chuck. I'm pretty sure that makes it into the show at some point. It's <laughs> crazy. You're you're out there, you know, really getting down and dirty and you have to still look like a little lady while you're doing it. Yeah, it's totally impractical. It's not practical. <laughs> No. I like a red lip, but come yeah, on. Yeah, but come on. No, Just limit it to the lip. Don't give me food. Not on the field. You know what I mean? No, come on. <laughs> I got to sweat. <laughs> Thank you so much to the cast and creators of A League of Their Own, which premieres on Amazon Prime on August 12th. And thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to the Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts, or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.